my beautiful, lovely people. <laughs> okay, I have to be honest with you. I'm on a walk right now in my neighborhood and I can't be too excited because then everyone's going to be like, what is this lady on? But I am so excited to be back. I don't even know what episode this is because I took a week off. Is this episode eight? I think this is episode eight. Wow. Um, so excited to be back. I missed my gal pals. And I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I don't even know what today's episode is going to be about. I'm currently on a walk. Today was just the best day. I'm just recharged from my vacation. So let's talk all about it. <laughs> um, I was just in South Carolina, um, Charleston. And I stayed in the Isle of Palms. And it was absolutely beautiful. I'm a beach gal. When I'm in the water, I feel like a mermaid. I feel like a new person. And it was exactly what I needed. You know, sometimes you just need to take time for yourself. Time to unwind. Time away from work. And just to find that energy again. To cope, You know, sometimes you just lose the spark. You need something to get you going again. That's exactly what I had. I needed that recharge. And I am so excited to be back. I am very sorry if I sound like I'm out of breath. I've been going through a wave of sinus infections and can't really catch my breath all the time. And there's also wind. So if you hear wind, this is not going to be the most satisfying, perfectly recorded podcast. But that's okay because that's my life. Nothing about my life is perfect. So why should my podcast be perfect, right? That's how I see it. <laughs> Just living life over here and I wanted to record a podcast. So here I am. I am thinking that today's episode is going to be about cross-contamination because let me tell you when I was in Charleston <laughs> there was a lot of issues with people understanding what gluten-free meant and understanding what cross-contamination is and it was difficult because you know you want to go on vacation you want to be stress-free you want to have a good time but at the same time in the back of your head you're always like oh when I go out to eat tonight is it going to be okay is it going to be safe am I going to get sick because I found myself eating at these restaurants and I was like, guys, I honestly got to tell you, though this food is gluten-free and these people claim to know what celiac disease is, I have a pitter-patter heart beat right now that is telling me that it is possible that I could be vomiting tonight. I think I literally just have PTSD from getting cross-contaminated so many times that every time I eat out, I literally just worry all the time. And if that's you, just know you're not alone. It's something that we'll probably never really get over because when you are cross-contaminated, that feeling of sickness is so scary and it's absolutely terrible. It ruins your entire day, your entire week, maybe even the next two weeks because let's be real, when I get cross-contaminated, I'm vomiting probably for like seven hours and bloated for the next two weeks. So it doesn't just affect that night, it affects that whole week, the whole next week something that's really hard to recover from and there's also more points of cross-contamination just outside of the restaurant world there's cross-contamination in your own kitchen in your own refrigerator if you live with a family that eats gluten and personally I am in a household of people that eat gluten no one in my family has celiac disease but me I do have family in Ireland that has celiac disease but I don't know them that well, and I've never really been to visit them before, so my entire household eats gluten, and at first that was like a scary, scary thing, because I was like, oh shit, I'm always going to be cross-contaminating, but 
Over the years, I have been able to develop a totally 100% gluten-free, celiac-safe environment within my own household. So I think in today's episode, we're going to go through a couple different things. First, maybe we'll start at the house, you know, different cross-contamination points within your own house and different ways that you can prevent cross-contamination when living with people who eat gluten. Then I want to discuss restaurants and how you can order with your server and how you can examine a server. Sorry, I almost just fell in a freaking pothole. (laughs) It's currently like 9 o'clock at night and I can't see anything, so this is very safe, I know. Um, sorry. (laughs) Hello, my lovely, lovely people. Um, I recorded that, like, first minute of this episode, like, two weeks ago, and then... (laughs) I went on vacation, I got sick, and my voice is still a little not happy with me, but, you know, you can't give an extroverted person who loves to talk 24-7, like, laryngitis, or some, my doctor says it's allergies, but, like, I'm not coughing, I'm not sneezing, my throat is just, you know, gone, definitely laryngitis, but it's okay, I'll let it fly. So I want to jump back in to where we left off and talk about some areas of cross-contamination. And I want to start with the house because that's where we are most of the time, right? We live at our house. That's the most important place um, for us to feel safe when we're cooking our meals. So I think the first thing that we're going to start with is the kitchen, obviously, because that's where the cooking takes place. Also, if you hear any birds in the background, I'm currently sitting at a pool right now, so that's why you're going to take in the sounds of nature as I record this podcast. It's great. We love it. So, the first thing that I bought of my own when I first got diagnosed with celiac disease was cutting boards, because sadly, well, let's start here. Not all cutting boards can necessarily get cross-contaminated. The worst kind of cutting boards are wooden cutting boards because they leave grooves from the knife and gluten can get stuck in those grooves and then say you cut, you know, something that you're going to eat, that gluten can get on your food and cause cross-contamination. Plastic is a little bit different. I mean, you can throw like a plastic cutting board into your dishwasher and it should be okay. But I just like to be extra, extra careful because getting sick for me is is not part of my schedule. I don't got time for that. So I went to TJ Maxx and literally bought a cutting board for like $4. It's so cheap. Um, It's definitely worth the investment. I bought two types of cutting boards. I bought a thick, hard plastic one that I use literally every day. And I also bought little flimsy um, cutting boards that I can bring with me when I go on to vacation. And they're literally so thin, like thinner than paper. And they fit so nicely into my luggage bag. So whenever I go to different people's houses on vacation or I stay at an Airbnb, a lot of them have wooden cutting boards, surprisingly, but I don't even want to take that risk. So just throw those in my luggage bag and I bring them with me because it's better to be safe than sorry. When it comes to different wooden products or utensils that we use, a lot of people use wooden spoons, wooden spatulas and stuff like that. And sadly, you're going to have to get rid of those as well. Just like with the cutting boards, it works the same way. If there's like wood tends to have grooves and the gluten can get stuck in that groove. Say you make a roux or something and you're using a wooden spoon to mix that up, that gluten can get stuck in there. Again, you can throw it through the dishwasher, but it's always better to be safe than sorry. Again, I just went to Marshall's, bought myself some little um, plastic spatulas and spoons you know for cooking 
and again literally five dollars not not a big investment so that is very nice um the one thing that surprised me i guess when i first got diagnosed with celiac disease because i just wasn't thinking that way is you have to get a new toaster and in my head i was like wait what that's expensive (laughs) because it kind of is expensive i mean a toaster and i'm like do i really need a toaster for myself like are you kidding me and obviously now we know yes we need a new toaster because you're literally putting gluten right into a toaster popping it down and all those crumbs on the bottom it's going to get you very very sick and even with the heat it doesn't kill off the gluten so yes you are going to need a new toaster you can get one for like 20 dollars wherever you want to go but it is an investment that if you want to toast your bread in a toaster you're going to have to make you can use a pan and like put oil on that or butter and like cook your bread that way if you want to avoid the cost of buying a toaster which works sometimes better than a toaster or if you have a toaster oven and you can put foil down and then stick your bread and toast it that way that works as well so there's a couple different options when it comes to that um the next thing that we are going to talk about is baking sheets muffin tins and bread pans some people don't think that you really need to get your own versions of these but personally with how sensitive I am it wasn't really something I even thought about I was automatically like okay I'm getting my own stuff because when you bake things on like a baking sheet sometimes it gets like um, black and hardened and it like won't come off the pan and that just kind of scares me so I got my own baking sheets to bake my own cookies on and when it comes to muffin tins the same thing happens like that black stuff kind of gets stuck and like even after scrubbing it like won't come off and I mean bread tins are the same bread pans are the same way it's like you're cooking high amounts of gluten in those in those pans and sheets so it's just better and more safe to just worth it's worth the investment to just get your own Again, you can go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls or any of those <clears throat> stores and pick up some for a reasonable price. This one I actually don't have myself, but I was thinking about it and I was like, I should say it because I'm sure we have some pasta lovers in this group of celiac friends. Um, so if you have a pasta maker, you're definitely going to need to get a new one because that's not something that you can really put into the dishwasher and if you're putting obviously pastas made with gluten and flour and if you run that through the pasta maker and then you try to do a gluten-free version high cross high cross contamination right there so if you would like to make your own homemade gluten-free pasta it's gonna be something that you have to pick up at the store as well Another one that kind of surprised me that I wasn't aware of until my mom did research and let me know that I needed this was a colander. You know, when you boil pasta and then you pour your water into the colander, um, there's kind of mixed reviews on if you can throw that through the dishwasher and it kind of takes the gluten away. I mean, I have a metal one, so I'm sure if I threw that in the dishwasher, it would be okay. But some people have plastic colanders and that tends to absorb gluten or say again there's scratches and somehow gluten gets stuck in those again it's just another item that I was like "Eh, I'd rather be safe than sorry it's probably not like you don't need a colander I mean if you just want to put a top on top of your pasta um, pan and then pour the water out that way instead of investing in a colander that works as well but something that I thought I would just mention 
Okay, so moving on, another not very necessary product that some people probably don't have, I personally don't have, but I was thinking, I was like thinking of everything that I could to try to help you guys out in terms of cross-contamination, but if you have a panini press, I wouldn't say you have to get a new one, I don't know, tricky subject, because I personally wouldn't use a panini press that someone had gluten in. But if you want to, you can put two things of parchment paper down on the top and on the bottom and put your sandwich into that and then press it down. But if that, oh, there's a cute bird. <laughs> but if that parchment paper like rips or tears or anything, or somehow, you know, there is some sort of cross-contamination, you're kind of taking a risk there. So I will let you decide for yourself if you want to get an entire new panini press. What I do is you just put your sandwich on a... Um, a pan and like put something heavy on top of your sandwich and it presses it down and gets it real nice and crispy so again there's always ways to avoid costs but it's up to you if you would like to get a new panini press i just wanted to warn you about the possibility of cross contamination there um so now we're gonna move it to outside to the grill um this was one place that i really didn't think cross contamination could happen because i'm like I don't know, you put something on the grill, these flames are freaking hot as heck, and then all the gluten goes away, but sadly it does not work like that. Um, I always make my dad like scrub the grill down with a grill brush to make sure that all of the ish is not on the grill anymore. Because the reason this can be a source of cross-contamination is sometimes different marinades have gluten in them. People toast hot dog buns, burger buns, um, spices can have gluten in them. So even when you're putting that meat on the grill or those breads to toast those up, that's a source of cross-contamination. So that's why I'm letting you know about this. Again, personally, my family doesn't really eat gluten very much and they don't toast anything on the grill that has gluten. And they all of our marinades are gluten-free. But before I had celiac and we all ate gluten, that was something we kind of literally turn the grill on for like 10 minutes to burn everything off and then take the brush and scrub it down but if I stay at like an Airbnb and I don't have control over who's cooking on that I will bring foil and I will put those sheets of foil down before I put my chicken down or my burger or whatever hot dog just to make sure that I'm being extra cautious about any form of cross-contamination you can also get like a little baking sheet that has holes in it. You can buy these at the dollar store that like you can throw away or you can buy, um, I personally have like a metal one and I can throw my vegetables in that and it doesn't actually, it won't touch the surface of the grill, but there are holes in it, but it prevents, you know, your food from actually touching the grill itself. So that's another way that you are able. Another item that I personally decided to buy my own of was Tupperware. Um, when it comes to plastic Tupperware, it works the same as a plastic colander, a plastic cutting board. After a while, the wear and tear on Tupperware, putting things with gluten in the microwave in a Tupperware, you know, you can't always get rid of everything that's been in like the germs in a Tupperware, even if it's gone through the dishwasher. Sometimes you'll notice that like pasta sauce will stain it and stuff like that. So I went on Amazon and bought myself like a 30 pack of glass Tupperware because you can throw that right in the dishwasher and it cleans everything out um, just to be, again, extra careful. All of these measures are just to be extra careful when living with a family that does eat gluten. 
so again i just bought like a 30 pack off amazon i think it was like 20 dollars, and they're so nice and i personally love glass tupperware because they're all cute and aesthetic looking and who doesn't love a good tupperware like come on so that was an investment that i also made and i think the last item would be measuring cups so personally in my house not everyone eats gluten-free my parents my mom loves to bake and she uses our measuring cups with flour normal flour and that scares the hecky out of me so i again we have metal ones so we run them right through the dishwasher so i i didn't buy a new pair but again if you have plastic ones as i've been talking about again and again i would recommend getting new ones just because plastic can hold that glue in but if you have metal ones throw them in the dishwasher it should be okay and when it comes to like pans i think there's been mixed reviews on if you need to get your own pans i personally have my own pan but i also use some of my parents we don't put any like sort of gluten in our like sauteing pans um i mean my parents put soy sauce actually sometimes but as long as i like if there's no scratches on the pans and they're in good condition i don't think it should really be an issue i personally don't get sick from using my my uh, family's pans but i know people who do so it depends on your sensitivity level and what you're comfortable with again you can go to marshall's get one for like ten dollars super reasonable so it wouldn't be a big investment if you did want to get a new pan okay so that was my last item under like kitchen supplies and areas of cross-contamination when it comes to things in my kitchen there might be some that i've missed that i just can't really think of right now but i feel like that pretty much covers it all and anything that I personally have of my own um, in my kitchen and areas of cross-contamination in my own personal house because again my family does not eat gluten-free but another area where you can find a lot of cross-contamination is your refrigerator and you're probably like what but yes it's not the refrigerator itself it's like different things like condiments and these can be in your pantry not necessarily your refrigerator but I wanted to discuss it and how I handle that with my family. So when it comes to condiments that you can literally screw the top off and you put a knife in, this is an area of cross-contamination that I've personally ran into myself with my family because they haven't always been the best with preventing cross-contamination. Um, so basically when someone puts a knife into a condiment and like peanut butter, they put their knife in the peanut butter, they spread it on the gluten-free bread, it touches that gluten-free bread, and then they put the knife back into the jar that's considered cross-contamination because when you go in with your knife and put it on your gluten bread well that gluten knife has been in that condiment therefore cross-contamination has occurred and you depending on your sensitivity you will get sick or have symptoms that correlate with your celiac so how well let's go through the different items so different areas or different condiments that i find our high cross-contamination areas are going to be things like butter peanut butter mayo mustard um, there's probably so many more, but those were like my four that I'm very cautious about. Um, so how I prevent these, I buy all my own or if, when it comes to butter, if it's in sticks, I'll have my own stick of butter so that they can use their own and cut whatever they want. They don't have to, you know, be cautious about it, but just by having my own, I put my name on it and I put Lauren gluten free on it so that when they see it, um, or they put Lauren Popka because I'm Polish, so that's what I call me. <laughs> but by doing that, like, when my dad reads it, he knows, okay, that's not mine. I have my own, and he'll grab his, and 
use his gluten knife to take his condiments out. I just find that by labeling my stuff, there's way less chance of cross-contamination than if I just have two in my fridge and I just hope he doesn't choose mine. Um, I do have some different brands that I prefer over what my parents buy, but it's just better for me to label it with my name on it. Or I also have my own pantry in my kitchen where I have all my gluten-free products. It's where I keep my nut butters, my own personal nuts, my bread, my crackers, my chips. That's where I keep all my dry products in my personalized gluten-free pantry. I also have a separate cabinet in my kitchen where I keep my gluten-free colander, my gluten-free meat pan. Um, it's like a little griddle where I cook my meat on it. Um, that's another thing. If, if I don't want to use a grill when I go away, I bring my little meat griddle. And it's so tiny and it just folds up really nicely. And I throw that in my luggage bag and I'll bring that with me. Um, I got that from Marshalls again. But, sorry if you can hear water. I'm like swimming in the pool. <laughs> but, um, so yeah. I have my own pantry for my pots and pans and I label all my condiments to make sure that there's no gluten knives going into those and that I'm safe when I eat them or use them. I've also seen people on Instagram, um, they put little labels on their utensils to make sure that, you know, only gluten-free people use that in the kitchen when, li when living with people who do cook with gluten. I personally have my own little utensil carrier and it's in a separate area from where my parents keep them. So that's how I prevent people from using mine. But um, if you are keeping all of those utensils in one area, you can put a little piece of tape on your spoons and your spatulas and put Lauren gluten-free on it or whatever your name is gluten-free so that people know not to use them. So now that we've covered different areas in the house that can lead to cross-contamination, I want to talk about different food products that um, are highly cross-contaminated and the first of that being oats and the area of cross-contamination for oats oats that are natural and pure are gluten-free um, but it's very hard to find those natural and pure gluten-free oats if you're going to eat oats I recommend that you only eat oats that have the certified gluten-free labeling on them but cross-contamination of, cross of oats actually begins in the fields where the farmers work it is known that a lot of farmers that grow oats also grow wheat, rye, and barley, which all are gluten-containing sources. I'm actually going to read a quote from Quaker Oats and their statement um, regarding the cross-contamination of oats is, they say oats are naturally gluten-free. However, during the farming, transportation, and storage, gluten-containing grains like wheat, rye, and barley, and spell are unintentionally introduced to those naturally gluten-free oats. This is why it's super important to only eat certified gluten-free oats because if they are certified gluten-free, then cross-contamination has to be under certain parts per million. So you should be okay. But you might find that when you eat oats, you still get an upset stomach. And this is actually really common for people who have celiac disease. Before I go into talking about that, though, I will go through some different certified gluten-free brands that if you do want oatmeal, you can eat from. So Bob's Red Mill has certified gluten-free oats. Gluten-Free Harvest is a celiac family-owned business in Wyoming that also does their own gluten-free oats. Lily Bees also has gluten-free oats, Montana gluten-free. I personally would just stay away from Quaker Oats because with them putting out that statement, even if something is labeled gluten-free, you really want it to label certified gluten-free when it comes to oats just to make sure that there is no cross-contamination happening because let's be real, who wants to be sick? 
So if you eat certified gluten-free oats, which I personally do, and you find that you're still having a reaction, this might be because in oats there is a protein called avenin. It's A-V-E-N-I-N. And this is a protein that is similar in function to gluten. And this is found in oats. And it activates your gluten-reactive T-cells. Um, I found this information on the celiac.org. So even though oats are naturally gluten-free, sometimes when people eat this, your body recognizes it and is like, oh, this is gluten, even though it's not because they have proteins that are very similar to gluten and it causes an immune response. Personally, this happens to me. I cannot eat oats without a very, very upset stomach. Um, and I get celiac re reactions when I eat any oats. So I stay away from oats. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's body processes food differently. Everyone's you know, cells react to different proteins differently. So this might not be the case for you, but personally, this is the case for myself. And if you want to read more about this, there is a study that was done on the Celiac Foundation website, and it's called Oats and the Gluten-Free Diet. So if you want to read more about that protein and how that causes an immune response when you eat oats, you are welcome to do so on their website. Another product that is kind of confusing, and thanks to No Gluten Guru, who actually used the NEMA sensor on this product and found that it does contain gluten, is Cheerios. Um, they are labeled gluten-free. So Cheerios says that their oats are gluten-free and that they use 100% whole grain oats. Um, again, no, oats are naturally gluten-free, but because of cross-contamination issues, Cheerios are not safe to eat. So No Gluten Guru took the NEMA sensor, which is a device that you can put little bits and pieces of your food in and it will test for gluten. And when she did that, she found that there was actually gluten in Cheerios. So stay away from Cheerios. It's funny because the first two years that I had celiac disease, that's what I would eat for breakfast every single morning. So no wonder I didn't feel good very quickly. But I'm glad that I know that now and I will never be eating Cheerios ever again. Another type of product that I find is, I only buy certified gluten-free, is nuts. So I didn't know this as well. This was, this was information that took me about one to two years to even know about, is that when it comes to walnuts, a lot of brands put flour on walnuts to prevent them from sticking to one another. And I was getting so sick after eating nuts and I was like, what the heck? Like there's... I mean, they're nuts. Like, why would there be gluten in them? And then I realized that, and I was like, wow, why? Why do they have to use flour? Like, seriously, they're nuts. So um, I'm sure this might be the case with other different types of nuts. I know this is for sure a thing um, with walnuts. So again, I only eat certified gluten-free nuts just to be extra careful. Again, when it comes to nuts, a lot of them say on the back, that they are produced in a facility that contains wheat. And right there, that's a big red flag for me. If you're not highly sensitive, you can take the chance. I don't recommend it though, because there's high chance of cross-contamination. But personally, when I see that, I'm like, heck no. Um, I also wanted to talk about that again. Even if something says gluten-free, um, a lot of brands will put that notice on the back saying this product is produced in a facility that also handles wheat. Yes, since the product says gluten-free, it is under certain parts per million of cross-contamination. But personally, ah, it gets iffy if I want to take that risk and actually eat it. Some brands say that they just put it on there to the protect themselves from getting like sued in case something does happen. Um, and one product that I used to use a lot was Arbonne's protein powder. And 
it's actually certified gluten-free, which means that it's under 20 parts per million of cross-contamination. But I would eat the Arbon protein powder and my stomach would kill me after. And uh, so I was like, no, thank you. Uh, I'm not going to eat that anymore. So again, I think Hue was another brand that did that as well. It's certified gluten-free, but it also says it's pr produced in a facility that contains wheat. I don't know. Gluten-free labeling, I don't understand it sometimes. But um, I personally stay away from products that even mention that on the back. Again, I know they're trying to protect themselves from lawsuits. But if I see wheat anywhere in labeling, I'm like, nope, no thank you. Again, I only eat things that are certified gluten-free just to protect myself and to make sure that I am getting the least cross-contaminated that I can get when I eat store-bought store products. Um, another brand of protein powder that I actually found that I am obsessed with, it's called New Zest. And it was actually created by Bethany. I forget her last name, but if you go to my Instagram, I will have her tagged there. And she created a digestive support line of protein powder. And there's literally four ingredients in it. Bethany actually has severe IBS and she actually almost lost her life because of having such a severe case of IBS. So her stomach is very sensitive and when I saw that she had a protein line come out, I was like, I need to get this because one, it's literally four ingredients in it. And two, if she has severe IBS, I know that I have IBS as well and celiac. I know that my body will be able to tolerate it well and that I'm not going to get bloated from it. So the four ingredients are L-glutinamine, which is great for gut health. There's a probiotic in it. I can't pronounce the name. Organic vanilla bean and a pea protein isolate only four grams of sugar per serving which is this is one of not even kidding one of the best protein powders i've ever seen in my entire life i've nev never seen a protein powder have such clean ingredients like usually they're like lists and lists and lists of different things in it and it grosses me out and there's gums and different weird sugars in it and this is just so clean and it makes me so freaking happy um and if you are interested in trying it they actually sell different little packets i personally tried the small packet of vanilla and chocolate and they're four dollars each um, and I tried the packet first and then I decided that I liked it enough to buy the big one. If you are interested in trying it out, you can use Lauren 15 for 15% off. I definitely highly recommend this product. Again, I don't recommend something that I personally don't use myself. Um, but I like to throw it in my smoothies. I also throw it on my yogurt in the morning and I'll mix it around just to add a little bit of protein because I eat plain yogurt and I like to add a little bit of sweetness. The other thing about the protein is it doesn't taste very fake. It's very natural, very limited flavoring. So you're just getting that protein source from it rather than like a strong sugary processed um, flavor. And it is gluten-free as well. It makes me laugh because when I first created a podcast, I was like, oh my God, this will be so easy to talk for however long. And because I'm a huge extrovert, I love to talk. But now I have to take so many breaks because recording a podcast and talking to yourself for 30 minutes non-stop is literally so exhausting but i love to do it it just makes me laugh because i just never expected that to be the case um but we are going to carry on now um so a note that i had written down here is something that you should know and that you should tell other people is just because product says that it's vegan does not mean that it's gluten-free a lot of times when products are vegan that does mean that they usually can be gluten-free as well and a lot of vegan restaurants also um, provide a lot of gluten-free options because they tend to be more um, up with the health trends and stuff like that but when you see that a product is vegan people your friends your family they should know that just because it's vegan does not mean that it's gluten-free because I've had people be like oh 
so you're going free that means we eat vegan i'm like no totally different but just a side note there um also some other products that you would probably think are gluten-free and there's a high cross-contamination or they're just not gluten-free in general are cold cuts um I don't know why they would put wheat on cold cuts, but I've run into this issue many times. Boar's Head is gluten-free. Also, Hannaford carries gluten-free cold cuts. But even when you buy cold cuts that are gluten-free, you have to ask them to wipe down the cutting machine. Because if they've cut meat that has gluten in it and then they cut the gluten-free one, automatic cross-contamination right there. Um, It also makes me a little bit nervous because even though I did ask them to clean down the machine, they could have use that gluten-free meat and not clean the machine before and cut it so it's already contaminated so because of that i buy i think it's called applegate um cold cuts which you can find at whole foods price shop or hannaford i think they sell them at fresh market too um they have very clean ingredients and there's no wheat in them and the only preservative i think is rosemary so those are the cold cuts that i stick to it's a bit more it's pricey but If you are looking to put something clean into your body, obviously, you're going to have to kind of pay a price for that. And I think they're really good cold cuts, so I recommend that. Another product that I was kind of like, what? How is this not gluten-free? Rotisserie chickens. So, apparently, they put flour on the outside of these um, (coughs) to help them roast a little better, which I was like, what? But I've had other people be like, oh, my grocery store's rotisserie chicken is gluten-free. So this might vary depending on the grocery store. Some people say Whole Foods are gluten-free. I have a fresh market near me and a Hannaford and a Price Shopper, and they all contain wheat in them. So this might be something that you personally have to check with your grocery store and your local stores. But just know to look out for wheat and chicken, rotisserie chicken, because who would have ever thought that? I literally... I didn't know that. I was eating rotisserie chickens like nothing else. And damn do I miss them because they are really freaking tasty. And lastly on my list, I have taco seasonings. And this can kind of go along with marinades as well. A lot of taco seasonings have wheat in them for reasons that I don't really know. I just know that a lot of them do. So just keep your eye out for that and always check the labeling to say make sure that it says gluten-free or make sure the allergen statement doesn't have a wheat in it. Um, certified gluten-free is better. Siete sells certified gluten-free taco seasoning, which you can find at Target, Whole Foods, um, and a bunch of different, uh, grocery line stores. Um, and at marinades, like I just said, a lot of, um, sauces and marinades, they use flour to thicken them. So you just want to double check that when you're buying any salad dressings, um, marinades, sauces, that you check the allergen statement. Again, I always make sure it says certified gluten-free, but make sure it at least says gluten-free and then the, the allergen statement doesn't say it contains wheat. Oh, I still have a whole other section on cross-contamination that I would really like to cover that has to do with restaurants and um, different sources of cross-contamination that can occur and how you can approach your server, as well as different um, restaurants that are more celiac friendly uh, and different cuisines that are more celiac friendly. But I have a feeling that's going to be another longer talk. So I think that I am going to end this episode here. And I hope that you learned something new and that now you are be, um, better able to 
go into your kitchen and go to the grocery store and find products that are certified gluten-free and be able to protect yourself from cross-contamination within your own household and when living with people who eat gluten. So again, love you guys. And if you're not already following me on TikTok, it's at Eat Gluten Free With Me. I post daily videos on there if you want to see my everyday move. Um, and then on Instagram, I also keep pretty up to date with my stories if you literally want to see what I do every day because I always post on those stories. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on this podcast. Um, let me know how you like it or if there's any topics that you want me to cover in the future. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. And be sure to be back on next Monday for cross-contamination within restaurants and how to make sure you can stay safe when you're eating out. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Love you.